Hello, friends. Welcome to Josiah Venture Stories. You will hear incredible stories of life change from the mission field and be inspired by the movement of God in Central and Eastern Europe. I'm your host, Gwen Gardner, and I am so excited to share today's conversation with you. Happy summer, everyone. We have something very special for you to end the summer with. Hannah Hartman is one of the international communications team interns this summer, and she has been helping with social media, storytelling, and lots of other things like the Josiah Venture blog and this podcast. She grew up in the Czech Republic and her family lived there for 10 years. She is featured on episode 11 if you would like to go and check it out and hear more of her story. Today, she is the host of the Josiah Venture Stories podcast. Please enjoy this episode with Hannah as the host. Damaris Yordaka is from Galatz, Romania. She is 21 years old and going into her final year of university in Bucharest, studying marketing. She is currently interning with the international communications team with Josiah Venture as a videographer. Welcome to the show, Damaris. Hi, thank you for having me. It's good to have you. How do you feel? Um, honestly, I feel pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. That's great. Have you ever done like podcasting or editing or anything had to do with like recording podcasts before? Uh, I haven't recorded a podcast before, but I've definitely uh, spoken in front of a camera before. Okay. But this is different. Uh, You are on the international communications team with Mm -hmm. me as an intern. That's kind of fun. (laughs) Can you tell us a little more about your role? What are you doing on the C team this summer? So I'm interning as a videographer. Um, I'm basically documenting through video, so like filming things, um, what God is doing in Central and Eastern Europe. And I'm also editing what we're filming. So that's fun. (laughs) I'm learning storytelling and how to put together a video, an interview. And yeah, it's exciting. I like it. So can you uh, tell the listeners a little bit about what you have had to do this summer and where have you had to do them? Because we've been traveling a lot (laughs) because some of our, some of our summer has been here in the JV office while other times we've been in all these (laughs) different countries and like Serbia and Slovenia and Hungary, Hungary and Poland. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what, what have been some of your jobs and what have they looked like? So we've been filming for uh, upcoming conferences uh, in Serbia and in literally every place we travel to because yeah. like you can never have enough footage for that. <laughs> you true. just don't know. You just don't know what you need in the end. So um, and also filming the camps, like literally what's happening, how uh, how are they going, what are people doing. Mm-hmm. I think the most important thing was getting shots of people uh, enjoying seeing, um, making friends. Uh, hearing the gospel and we also one of the main things was interviewing local leaders national leaders Um, so I think that was definitely a highlight for me just getting to interview people and seeing the young people like Mm -hmm. young yeah literally leading a whole camp like that was insane and getting to interview them and know why they do it I think that was also a huge um, blessing to see and to get to be part of Mm -hmm. so yeah. And and what um what did they do with these videos after with this footage? Like 
after we've we've shot it, we we got it. Now we're editing it. You, well, you're editing it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then what happens after that? Do you know? Well, they're going to use it as a promotion. Um, I think it's a bridge between what Just Adventure is doing during the summer and the local churches, whether that's in Europe or America. Mm-hmm. And they're literally showing, okay, here's our vision. Here's the work we do. Here's how we serve people. And we want you to be part of it. So we're basically presenting that to them and being like, here's what we're doing. Do, we, do you want to join us? Do you want to join us this mm-hmm. summer or full time or whatever? <laughs> join the movement. Yes. <laughs> Fuel the movement. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. It's great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've been, we've been traveling a lot, filming things, shooting things. So how long have you been doing videography in general? And what originally got you into it? Um, so I'll start with the, the beginning. Uh, my dad is a photographer. So I've always had a camera around the house. Um, So I've been filming, I don't know, ever since I was like 12 or 13, starting with a phone camera and then (laughs) moving into his equipment. Um, And I've been serving on my local church, in my local church for about six years. So serving on communication team there. Nice. And um, I love it. What do you love about videography? Why do you do it? That's a good question. I like it. (laughs) Um, I think I like how you can combine the visuals, the sounds, and then the most important for me is the message. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. You just put, you don't use only words, but you also use sound effects. You all also use the element of sight, which honestly is my favorite thing ever. You can give a message, you can share a vision, and you can say something so significant. Of course, you can do like, you know, random little things right, yeah. that have no meaning. But I think what like really... Uh, draws me to it every time is the actual thing you can come like the message you can share to the people mm-hmm. with the people <laughs> um so wait what was the question <laughs> you answered it pretty much you pretty much did that's what i think is super cool too because you can share such a colorful story mm-hmm. in a very short amount of time like the videos that you're editing are like what three minutes yeah four minutes max mm-hmm. right so yeah, and I've been able to learn a ton from from you and and your your uplink about just who also does video, like, oh, what's important, what's a good shot, what makes a good shot, and then seeing you put it all together has been super cool. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah, no, it's great. I feel like I, I've learned a lot even when I'm even not, I'm not doing any done mm-hmm. videos, so it's great. Thank you. Yeah. And how has this C-Team internship been going for you in general? It's been unexpected and also expected I don't know how to put it mm-hmm. um, I think it's definitely been a very different experience than uh, I've had before because I've interned as a national last summer but I think I got to see more on the what's going on behind the scenes during the summer and not just the camps but okay yeah. the the meetings organizing uh, actually traveling and being like okay I need to get this thing done I need to be able to do work while also engaging with the local people at the local camps. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a half-half experience of like in the office, doing work, working like, you know, like an actual internship. (laughs) Um, And then also being able to travel, to see people, to engage with them, to talk with them and um, have that camp experience as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a cool balance of 
of documenting Mm -hmm. whatever story we're a part of, but also listening to it and being a part of that story Mm -hmm. as well. And that's what I think has been really cool, just understanding that and being able to, you know, be involved when I need to be involved, but also Mm -hmm. like, oh, this would be really cool to capture and Mm -hmm. be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Anything about who you are, your family, your interests, fun facts? For some reason, I always feel the need to share how much I love riding the bike. Like whether that's my bike or Uh whether I like go with one from the city. Like you can like actually borrow. How do you call that? Rent. The one that you can rent. Like I love it. You can explore a new city. You're either with a friend or on your own. And you just get to, I don't know, feel the vibe of the area you're going into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's nice too, especially in big cities like where we're in, where Mm -hmm. the bikes are like public transportation. Like there's, they're a part of a company and you can rent it for a certain amount of time and they're city bikes. So Mm -hmm. there's stations where you can drop it off and stuff. So it's actually really easy. I feel like it's more convenient than owning a bike because you can just like rent one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Have you always been riding bikes even in Romania and stuff like that? Yeah, all throughout high school, I've been riding to get to school and back home. So it's probably one of the things I love doing to like get me stress relieved, like be stress free and get in a mind space of like peace and mm-hmm. just, I don't know, it connects me somehow with God. I just feel like I walk through nature and I'm like, I, I'm finally, I find all of a sudden I feel like I'm in his presence. That's, that's great. And that actually brings me to my le- next question. What is it like as a Christian living in Romania? So a little background on Romanian culture um, and where we're coming from. So most Romanians consider themselves as being Orthodox Christians, and they're about 2% that are Protestants, so like evangelical. And because there is such an Orthodox um, background, sometimes it's very hard because they know about God, they know about Jesus. So when it comes to us evangelical people, it's they they usually put us in a box and they say that we're part of a sect and they don't want to talk to us and they think we're selling a, a different gospel and a different truth and whatever. Um, it's definitely been hard to share the gospel and to connect with people in that way, but I feel like the new generation is getting um, rid of all that mentality and because we're out of communism and things are changing and you can definitely feel that the people, like the youth is more open to hearing what you have to say and they don't put you in a box anymore. So for me, I think it's a blessing that I'm living in the uh, generation I live in because I can, I'm not, I'm not boxed by the orthodox thinking Mm -hmm. of like, oh, you are a pokait, which that's what they call us. And it's literally like, oh, I'm not going to talk to you. You're scary. You're part of a cult, a sect, whatever. We're not talking to you. So I feel like for me, it's definitely easier than how it used to be a few years ago. And how do you navigate stuff like that? Like in your university and in your relationships with people who are not a part of your church? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, every conversation I have with people, I like to like, okay, we need small talk. Of course we do. We need to get ourselves to know each other like on a superficial <laughs> note. But I always have the desire to get to know the person deeper. Mm-hmm. And I always strive to break the barriers of uncomfortableness and talk to them about, okay, not spirituality. I No, 
we want to talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to talk to them about their soul and their their actual need, the only need that they have actually. Um, so I usually talk to them about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus and not what it means to have a religion. So yeah, that's a big one. But it's definitely been challenging because sometimes people just push it off. You don't understand. Or it's very hard to not use the Christianese right. vocabulary. Yeah. Which is, can you give us some examples? Like um, the lamp that was slain. <laughs> or <laughs> um, Jesus died on the cross for you. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. Or like um, the blood of Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, okay, I'm yeah. going to head out. No, that makes <laughs> sense for sure. So it's definitely hard to not minimize the gospel in a way to make it available to them, but you're like literally making it so poor and without value. But at the same time, you cannot use those big words. So I think that's definitely a challenge. And that's, you know, I think that's super challenging for sure, but it's also such a huge opportunity to to figure out and be like, okay, how can I connect with these people? Especially if you are Romanian, like you're one of them, Mm -hmm. one of the nation. And so, like, you know how to navigate those things and connect them well because, you know, you grew up there. It's, it's mm-hmm. part of you. So, yeah. yeah. And that was uh, one of the reasons why we wanted to hear your story, uh, especially as a national, and hear how you came to accept Jesus because I think it's a really unique opportunity because as missionaries on the front line or even, even as uh, interns, like, we get to talk to these these twenty year old nationals who <laughs> su- who love the Lord and who are serving in their own context, like we've seen over the summer, yeah. and it's been amazing to hear their stories. And I wish that everyone would be able to hear their stories <laughs> and see them in action, mm-hmm. um, but that's not possible. And so, yeah, we would just love to ask you, how did you come to accept Jesus and hear a little bit of your testimony? Sure, um, I grew up in a practicant. Christian family. So I literally grew up in church. I knew a lot of things about God, but didn't get to know Him personally. I just knew things about Him. Um, But around the age of 12, I was at a kid's camp, and that's when I gave my life to Christ. It was great, but, you know, I was very young, and I didn't know what life had to offer and uh, what it actually means to make Jesus your Lord. Like this word, Lord, what does it mean? Okay, like you're my savior, you're saving me. I now have this peace. But it, it doesn't end there. But I didn't know that at the time. I was mm-hmm. just very young. Around high school though, um, keep in mind that all throughout my years, um, all throughout my life, I've had spiritual leaders. Um, I was going through youth group or Sunday school, depending on the period of time. I was practicing, reading the Bible, praying. It wasn't like, I didn't know what any of that. Going into high school, I was really excited about what life had to offer to me. Um, I had all these big plans, dreams, desires. I was like, I want to do that. I want to do that. I'm going to do that. And then um, I, I was not asking, hey, God, do you want me to do that? So I was just doing my way. I was like, this is my life. I'll do it however I want to. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> of course. Um, but then God had a different plan for me. He kept stopping me. He, I was constantly ill. I was constantly 
spraining my ankles. And it got me to a place where I was not able to do anything because I'd have to be in bed all day. It really got me into a bad headspace. I was questioning everything. I started questioning life. I started questioning the meaning of life. And also, why do I have to do all these society norms? Why do we do all that we do? Keep in mind that throughout this period of time, I was reading through Ecclesiastes. So uh, that was definitely <laughs> not helping me because um, the book says a lot about like, what's the meaning behind all of this? Like mm-hmm. everything is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Yeah. Exactly. So that, that was the burden I was having back then. I was like, okay, I'll finish the school. I'll have a family. Then I'll work for the rest of my life. And then what? I'll die. No one will care about it. Did I waste it all this time for nothing? So... Yeah, that got me in a very, very dark place. Um, I think it got me really depressive. And um, soon after that, I started feeling anxiety. I was really, I knew God was there all along. I knew he was with me, but somehow I could not feel him. I was like, why are you silent? Like, please, I'm having a hard time figuring mm. out why, why am I alive? Like, what's my purpose on this earth? Those are big questions. And real questions. And how old were you when, when you were going through that? I think around 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that really helped me still keep, like, I think the thing that kept me going was the people I had around me, the community of Christians that were pouring constantly into my life and helping me grow. Maybe they didn't know at the time what I was facing or what, what were the problems I was dealing with. But I'm sure they were, a, like, they were definitely a blessing from God. Just being there because I was isolating myself from everyone. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. But the community definitely helped me out in, a lot in that way. A very important moment in my life was in 2019. 2019. I was very upset with God. I kept asking him for guidance and clarity in my life, what I was supposed to be doing, what's the meaning of all this. And I felt like he wouldn't reply to me and he was distant. Looking back, I know he wasn't. I was just very, very mad at him. Mm -hmm. And that would stop me from seeing what he's already spoken into my life. But I was like, no, I want something else. I don't want that. I want another truth. I I kept pushing back. I was, I was constantly turning my back on him. Um, I think I even had my heart petrified, like I wasn't open to hear him. Although I wanted to hear him, I was not able to. So I was in a place of waiting for the Lord and I felt like he was not replying in any way. Therefore, I literally took my life back into my hands and decided to do what I best knew. Come back to the old dreams I had and the old ways I wanted to do before. Um, Funny enough. I mean, I wouldn't say funny, but that year I did get baptized. It's interesting how I thought like just getting baptized would change everything and you will just come fresh out of the water and be like a new person and you can start everything on again. But it's not like that. I think Mm -hmm. it's a process and I wasn't aware of that. And there's so much pressure about it, but no one really talks about it. So I just feel like mentioning that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I was going after 2019, after the summer of 2019, after I got baptized. I was heading back into my final year of uh, high school. So I was really, really stressed. I was like, what am I going to do with college? Am I going to go to college? What am I going to study? 
I started going. I started preparing for my finals. Um, and then guess what happens again? I sprained my ankle. Uh. Not only once, but twice <laughs> in a row. And that was around like January to February. So I've been like home sick in bed for like two months. I finally came back to school. The first day I arrived, they tell us, we're sorry. We're going into full quarantine because mm. COVID hit. Yep. So that was, again, quarantine for another like two to three months. So at this point, I've been quarantining myself and isolating from people for like around, I don't know, probably five months. And my mental health went downhill. I started feeling anxiety so often and then depression hit very hard. And in the midst of all of this, I was waiting on the Lord and I was like, I really, I really want to hear your voice. I really want to know what I have to do with my life. I don't want to just leave life the way I wanted to and be meaningless. But at the same time, I wasn't patient on the Lord. Mm. So one part of me wanted to, to know his will and to do whatever he wants me to do. But another part of me was like, you know what? I'm not going to wait around for that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's very contradictory and very, very weird to me to get my head around it even yeah. now. So you were saying like, I want to live your will, but my way. <laughs> yeah, basically yeah, exactly. What you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So fast forward, applied to college, got into college, starting marketing. First year of college, it was still like COVID-ish. Um, so I thought, okay, this was an answer. I'm going to go full, all, full on into this new year ahead of me. Um, I was ready to step into a new life, to get to new people, extend my circle of friends, getting into new church, whatever, new everything. I was ready to start serving into a new church and to, uh, I don't know, just move out pretty much. That was the whole thing. Moving out of my parents' house, moving into a new city. That was exciting for me. Um, all along, I was still like, God, is this what you want me to do? Guess how he replied. <laughs> just guess. <laughs> This is not what I want you to do. Yep. Uh -huh. And guess how that unfolded. I got my ankle sprained again. Oh my gosh. But here's the key point. This time, I did not ask why. I just said, okay, I, I'm waiting on you. I'm ready to hear what you have to say. Finally, after all these years, I'm raising my white flag of surrender. Hmm. Just, just talk to me. So he did. He finally showed me that what what it actually means to live with him as Lord of my life. Um, he worked definitely a lot in my heart and he showed me that I was putting my identity in the things I was doing and the ways I was serving and not in him alone. So he definitely worked on that. He definitely worked on my heart and um, gave me a heart of flesh and not of stone. He removed that heart of stone out of me and started um, fleshing is not a word, right? No. <laughs> he started softening, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He started softening my heart, and then I feel like he's calling me. I don't know if he calls me into full time ministry, but I definitely know that he calls me into working with people and sharing the gospel. And he's placed a passion in me for that, in sharing the gospel with the youth. And I know he definitely clearly said to me that. I need to go into the fourth stage that JV promotes, which means go fish for men. Hmm. It's like stop being comfortable and go. I'm sending you. 
Well, that's the fifth. <laughs> Go fish for men. Um, and looking back, I realized that I missed the whole point of Ecclesiastes. <laughs> like the whole, the whole thing. Which is what? Is everything that we do, we do for the Lord. And our life is meaningless if we live it for ourselves. But once we start living it for God and for His people, that's where we feel fulfillment. And that's, that's why we leave. Mm-hmm. And I think God showed me that you need to, I need to live life day by day. I need to constantly, every day, be reminded that I am not uh, ruling over my life, but He is Lord. So I'm definitely still learning what that means and how to go around the day and knowing that God is there with me all the time and He's watching over me. And I just need to tune in to the Holy Spirit, be aware of Him and what He wants me to do. Like, I don't know, um, go help that woman carry her stuff or hold that door for somebody or just make a compliment, laugh, anything. Mm -hmm. It's the smallest things. Thank you for sharing. That's amazing. And I think... That is such an accurate picture of what it is to follow Jesus. Because at the end of the line, it's like a long journey of surrender. Mm-hmm. Because you never get better. <laughs> I don't, at least yeah. in my experience, like there will never be a day when you're able to perfectly surrender yeah. your will to God mm-hmm. and then that be your attitude for the rest of your life. Like there's no way. There's, <laughs> there's definitely going to be things that mm-hmm. we all struggle with letting go of and moving on from and you know they're so different from each other but at the same time it's the same it's the same thing it's Mm -hmm. like the lord asking you to submit to his will and not to your will yeah and he will not accept you trying (laughs) to modify his will to fit into your plan oh yeah (laughs) yeah he just won't so that's super cool thank you for sharing that sure after hearing your story now hearing about where you were what happened and where you are now who is jesus to you today honestly it sounds cliche but i really do think that he is the truth the life and the way um dealing with depression and anxiety i felt what i mean what it was like to not have a meaning in life not to have the drive to even get out of bed so him being the lie for me literally gives me life he gives me reasons to leave and he definitely is the lord like i'm so incapable of so many things i'm such a small little human being that i can be so easily broken into pieces and i know that he is my rock i know that i can count on him i know that he's there always for me but also the fact that he is my lord It's not just like he's my friend and I can come to him with everything. But at the same time, I need to be aware of he is God in the end. He's not just a friend. So I need to also know how to submit to him Mm -hmm. and how to make him higher than me. He's not on the same level as me. He is still God. Yeah. And he reminds us of that all the time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because we really need those reminders. (laughs) So that's awesome. Yeah. And now uh, thinking forward, what is ahead of you now, like after you end this internship? Honestly, I'm excited. I'm heading into a new season. I don't know what to expect of it. I just know that I have to stop going against God and against his will 
and just freely let go of myself. Yeah, I'm still, the thing is, once you accept Jesus, it's not like you're, you're all having to figure it out. <laughs> That's true. I feel like I'm in a place of still uncertainty and I, I lack clarity, but I feel very much safe hmm. because I know Jesus is with me. I don't know exactly what I'm heading into. I just know that I'm not alone and that helps me. Mm-hmm. And I know what my mission is. I know that I have to be a light of Jesus and show him. So no matter where I'm at, no matter where I'm going into, I know that's what I have to do. And it's hard. I'm expecting a lot of hard times coming, but at least I know why I'm doing this now and I'm not alone again. Yeah, that's a great mindset to have and something to remember that I think we all need to have regardless of what we're doing or what country Mm -hmm. we're going to. But you're coming after university because you have your final year, right? Yeah. Do you think you'll stay in Romania? I was very sure of this uh, two years ago. I'm not anymore. (laughs) I don't know what God has for me. That's so exciting. I'm so excited for you. (laughs) Thank you. But when you think about Romania, what are your hopes for your country? Mm -hmm. And how would you like people to be praying? We've been praying a prayer for quite some time now that we want to see revival among the youth. We want for them to fully get to experience God and to start making disciples who make disciples. We're definitely seeing how people come together and how his kingdom enlarges in Romania. But would you please continue to pray this prayer over us for people to have open hearts, to be ready to receive Christ. And he works in mysterious ways, bringing people together. We don't know how God is working, but we just, we see glimpses of his work. And that's very, very encouraging. I feel like Romania, especially the youth, are hungry for the gospel. They want to know Jesus, but they don't know what they're looking for. So I definitely feel like there needs to be more more people that will be like, okay, I'm going to get out of the bench of the church and start preaching the gospel to those around me, whoever that might be, Mm -hmm. your colleague, teammate, neighbor, whoever. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because the gospel is is more than just a religion or Christianity Mm -hmm. is more than just a religion. It's a relationship. Yeah. And I think that's super hard for especially countries who have like orthodox christianity or even even like catholicism which is like integrated into their Mm -hmm. very identity and it's not a bad thing but if you if that's stopping you from seeing that that life with with the lord life with jesus is a relationship and it's not a set of rules you have to follow it's not yeah i don't know do this do that Mm -hmm. it's very much of a like you said, it's it's a relationship. It's a life. It's a journey, yeah. you know, and it's not just do these things and you'll be rewarded, but Jesus is your reward, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. And then one last question. We ask everyone this. What advice would you give to young people of today? Coming from a place of a pandemic, I think a good advice I would give to people nowadays is don't isolate yourself. Just don't. <laughs> If you have problems, if you're dealing with stuff, please share it with someone you trust. Um, Reach out. Reach out to your community. Reach out to your friends, your family even. Just don't don't do this alone. Reach out. 
and know that what you're going through is not in vain. You're not going through it just for no reason. And on that, I'd like to say that one of the verses that um, was highlighted to me ever since my not so happy place <laughs> uh, was Ecclesiastes 3 to 1 that says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So no matter what you're going through, there's someone there that would love to hear you, listen to you, cry with you, just do life with you. So don't isolate yourself. Yeah. And the Lord is, is present in that. Too, yes. For sure. Well, thank you, Damaris. This is super fun. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to Josiah Venture Stories. For more information about who we are and our vision and mission, visit us at josiahventure.com and follow us on social media. If you have any questions about this episode or would like to get in touch with our guest, please email social at josiahventure.com. To help more people hear about this podcast, please leave us an honest written review or share this episode on your social media. Thank you, friends, and have a blessed day.